Welcome to the Crazy Love Podcast. Have you ever considered how a single moment can sometimes shape years, even decades, of your walk with God? In this week's teaching, Francis Chan explores his journey of prayer and enduring faith while reminding us of the profound impact of receiving the love of God. praying for all the nations. And God was just revealing things as I'm praying for, you know, just just my self-centeredness, whatever. It's just like, wow. Yeah, all those people in Myanmar that we got to meet and be with in that powerful time, God. You know, it, it's just you start feeling for them. Praying for the Hamas and going, God, you could have Saul-like conversions, right? Where it's suddenly like, boom, as a result of our prayers and driving away the darkness. I mean, these are the weapons of our warfare. We pray for the Palestinians. Start praying for the Palestinians I know who love the Lord. And some of you may not know this, but I have a daughter who's Palestinian. And I didn't know she was, you know, when I adopted her. I thought she was Mexican. But uh, I, I know, um, <laughs> details. I didn't really care. I just, <laughs> it's like, hola, mi casa es tu casa, you know. And I was wondering why she looked at me funny. No, but uh, I really did not know. And, uh, you know, when I met her, I just, I just fell in love with her. You know, I just fell in love with this girl and and uh, and then later on I realized, oh wow, this is a big deal, Lord. There's a reason I am just madly in love with this girl. Every time I think of her, I just get this smile. I picture her smile. I picture us going to the gym together, whatever, you know, just, it's just, ah, I am crazy crazy about her and I think there's something that's not coincidental about that you know as much as I just love the people of Israel that we prayed for and dear dear friends now that are believers who are Messianic Jews and those who are Palestinian and watching them worship together in Hebrew and Arabic in Jerusalem as one, it's it's incredible. I was talking to a, a friend uh, just two days ago in Jerusalem, one of the leaders there, and he goes, I'm about to have dinner with some Palestinian believers again, and we're all going to, I go, oh, man, just, just two nights ago. He goes, yeah, they're coming over right now, and they're just, just pray for their safety. They get here. We just want to worship and fellowship, and it's like, wow, powerful stuff. So just, just that worshiping with you, it's like, oh, that's so good, so good. So I come going, gosh, Lord, what? what is it? You can read a book of mine if you want to learn what I believe, but is there something else I'm imparting today? Is there something internal? Because I will say, you know, even though my theology was... A little screwy, all, all, it still is, right? Um, 
hopefully it gets more and more clarified as God, as you pray that humble pray, you know, just humbly go, God, I'm a human here. I want to know truth. I don't want to be off. Show me where I'm off. Help me, help me, help me. As we keep praying that, I believe he, he's faithful to that. He promises he will be faithful. If I don't have the wisdom to understand the scriptures properly, God, show it to me. I need to know truth. And whatever it costs me, it costs me. And whoever rejects me, rejects me. I just need to be right in these truths of yours that are so precious. So I believe he will do that. But aside from that, something did happen to me when I was a teenager. And imperfect theology, obviously, but I heard the gospel and something was rooted in me. And I didn't fall over and start chewing on the rug and I mean, but some, and that's great if you did. I'm just saying that when I say, hey, something happened to me, I'm saying it wasn't like physical, like I could feel it. And, you know, I almost wish it was, you, you know, in some ways, because I just think that's, that's amazing, you know, if you're physically healed or you're, you know, something is, man, I believe in those stories. But for me, something happened. I didn't feel it. Physically, emotionally, but I know what happened. And you know how I know? Because 40 years later, I love him more than I did. And I desire serving him even more. I'm not bummed out about ministry. Sure, there's little things, little hiccups here. But I'm like, God, I want to I wanna do something on this earth. You know, where do you want to take me? When you're, you're telling us pray, God may be sending you. I'm like, God, I, here I am again. Where do you want me to go? Like, like I just want to be used by you. Man, same prayer I prayed when I was 16. And so now at 56, and, and now I still love, like I'm just going, God, when can I get away to where it's you and me, like for a long time? Like, because I, 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 gotta, I gotta have more of that. I'm still praying, God, don't let me lose sight of the holiness and the love every day. And it's just been in increasing measure for 40 years. So that's how I know something happened and got rooted in my soul. And I thank God because I had a youth pastor who said, hey, get alone with the word of God. Get alone with God. Every day, get alone with God. He taught me that when I was 15, 16 years old. And I'm doing it now at 56. And I'm loving it more. It's not gotten old. It's just... You understand him more and you're going, God, how did I miss that side of you? This is ridiculous. Okay, I thought I loved you before. This is just out of control now. I mean, I, I really love you. And I was thinking, God, what did you impart to me through Pastor Stan? Whatever you did there, thank you. Because I, I've seen so many walk away so many just deny him. So many of my friends that are no longer with me in this journey. Very, very few who still are. God, thank you 
that I still, you're my shepherd and I, I don't really want anything else. I don't care about other stuff. Just make sure I don't lose sight of your holiness and your love for me every day. And I'm good. I, and I told God, I go, if you just keep that on the forefront of my mind, I know I can make it through anything. It's just when I lose sight of who you are and your love for me. Because that was something else that was revealed to me was, you know, I, I love the Apostle Paul. I mean, just the things he writes. I love, and, and I always gravitated towards Peter, the Apostle Peter, because I thought, that guy's awesome. Like, yeah, yeah, he started drowning in the water, but he got out of the boat. You know, he took a couple steps. So he's the only human outside of Jesus that got to walk on top of water. At least he got to do it, you know? And he screwed up and he's, you know, ready to kill people with a sword and everything. You know, but I, I like that, you know? And uh, I, I just gravitate towards, I'm so tired of people doing nothing. He does something. He tries, he messes up, blah, 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 blah. I love that. And I never really got into John, just... I'm just, I'm just being honest. I mean, uh, yeah, it's, 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 and, and I only saw this recently. It's like, oh, I always thought it was weird that John would call himself the beloved. He goes, this is, or no, worse when, you know, some scriptures say uh, he's the one, you know, this is from the one whom Jesus loved. If I'm one of the other disciples, I'm like, Oh my gosh, you arrogant, you know, right? That's just so weird. I would just go, wait, you're the one that he loved. You're the beloved. And, uh, and, and he says, you know, Peter was trying to figure out who the traitor was and he motioned to me. So I laid my head on Jesus's chest. And then later at the end of his, his gospel, he, he writes, this is from the one he loved the one who laid his head on Jesus's chest. Like that's the way he describes himself. And so for many years, I'm just like, oh, that's just weird. And then he brags about how he outran Peter to the tomb. It's just like, this guy's arrogant. I don't know what he really did. You know, in my mind, that I'm just telling you, those are my simple thoughts that go through this head. I wanna walk on water. I wanna cut someone's ear off, you know, and John, oh, he loves you, you know, <laughs> cute. You laid your head on his chest. But I, but God's just opening my eyes where I'm going, wow. I'm at the point now where I go, I became fascinated with the thought of John laying his head on the chest of Almighty God. The judge. So the one on the throne that we, the angels are crying, holy, holy, holy. John's going, I laid my head on his chest. The one that Jimmy was describing from Revelation 5 on that throne opening up. John goes, I, I laid my head on his chest. Imagine the security of knowing the holiness of God and then knowing he wants you because he loves you and, and he goes, he's actually gonna like this, watch. <laughs> That's awesome. 
And I, now I look at the scriptures where I used to want to be Elijah, like calling down fire, or, you know, just different awesome miracles. And now I go, if there's one act from scripture that I wish I could do is to look at that holy God, take the form of a man, and then I am so secure in him. I know he loves me. And I could just lay my head on his chest. When your head is on the chest of almighty God, what else do you want? What do you fear? What are you insecure about? And so for those that are going in to ministry, the other thing that I began to understand is just the endurance of a person who not says, I love you, God. Because think about it. Peter was saying, I don't care if all these guys deny you, I never will. I am not like them. They might betray you, not me. I'm Peter. And then he betrays him. John, meanwhile, is like, he loves me. And Peter didn't make it to the cross. John did. John was there. It teaches me something about perseverance in this long Christian life we live is you got to know that he loves you, that you're the beloved. And for some of us, maybe we're doing some of these things because, you know, for other reasons. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.14, I love that verse. He says, it's the love, of, the love of Christ compels us. It's a love of Christ that actually in the ESV it says controls us. It's his love that motivates me to do what I do. It's not my love. It's not my sense of responsibility. It's not even just my fear of him, but it's a love of Christ which compels me or controls me or the New English Bible is my favorite translation of that verse. It says, uh, the love of Christ leaves us no choice. It's like I sit there and I'm like, what What else am I going to talk about? The holy God just gave his life for me and he loves me what choice to it what am I going to do what else am I going to do with my life what else am I going to covet oh I want a car it's just this whole idea of like this is what motivates me and I'm just saying 40 years later I know something happened there my prayer though is You know, it's it, a lot of older guys, like I just feel like God's taught me so many things. I've got four grandkids now. 
and I'm like, God, I wish I could take everything and put it inside them. Everything I've learned through the years. You know, some of the things that I learned in the early age, early, early days of ministry, like, hey, some of them are just practical rules, like, hey, never, never even be alone with a girl in a car, other than your wife or daughter, but, you know, like, just don't do it, even a car ride, okay, never be alone in a room with a girl, other than your wife, just don't do it, just don't even do it. Just flee youthful lust. Don't resist youthful lust. Run away from it. Set it up. I'm so grateful for things that were taught to me in those early ages. Just be careful about relationships. You don't need to counsel them. Let your wife counsel them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it, do it, do it. What, what am I going to offer that she can't? It, it's just simple things. I'm so grateful for that. Some, some things that were imparted that just go, you know what? This will help you make it to the end. But then there's this, just these invisible things that were imparted to me. It's like, God, how come I keep loving you more every year and I'm seeing others didn't ha maybe have the same grace? Like, can I, just like I want to put that all in my kids, you know, it's, it's not just theology, but true theology where they experience it and they know it deep from it within. I, I want that Holy Spirit where you start dabbling or getting close to temptation and you just feel dirty and you go, I got to just run from this. Like, can I put that in them somehow? And, and everything I've learned about ministry, because I was a part of a generation that, that thought that, well, if we become more like the world, you know, let's dress like them, sound like them, and everything else, you know, let's become as worldly as we can so we can attract people from the world. That was our mindset back then. And now we're going, ah, that didn't work. We really became like the world when God's called us to not be conformed to the ways of the world, people are looking for something that's different from the world. And I'm just going, could there be a new generation? Can I impart that to them? Where they're just like, I don't need to fit in. I need to actually do the opposite and be separate and be holy like he is holy. We need to live in a way that's different because he's worthy of that. And, and I, I don't need to watch every single TikTok video and, and, you know, and just indulge in movie after movie when he says, man, there shouldn't even be a hint of immorality in you. It's not proper. I'm like, okay, but everyone's going to think I'm weird because I don't watch this stuff. And it, it's okay. Watch the power that will come through you when you're pure and you're right in his eyes. You know, 1 Peter 4, 7 is very important for this generation. He says, the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be sober-minded and self-controlled for the sake of your prayers. The end of all things is at hand. Okay, the, the world's going to end. world's going to So you, you think, okay, what does he want us to do? He goes, well, show some self-control and get your mind clear so that you can pray so that you can do what we were doing earlier and actually focused on these prayers. That's the only thing that's really gonna work because this is not a physical flesh and blood battle. 
and, and I'm meeting too many people in this generation, and this is what I want to impart. Like, you guys, you're not sober-minded. You're not sober-minded because you don't have self-control. You want to watch something, you just watch it. And, and, and then suddenly your mind's not clear, and then suddenly you go to pray, and you're like, I couldn't focus. Well, it's because you're not sober-minded. You're not sober-minded because you weren't self-controlled. Right. You guys, oh gosh, I gotta share this. Okay, so God was just, I believe it was God was revealing to me. <laughs> I mean, you guys are charismatic, so I can say it, right? Rather than like, Rather than, hey, weird thought came in my mind. Um, so, because I'm, okay, I heard a guy speaking just, I don't know, two weeks, three weeks, eight weeks ago, and uh, we were doing an event for orphans in Africa. This young guy gets up, he starts talking about, he just got back from, I think, Kenya, and he starts to explain his experience, and he just starts crying. And I'm watching him going, because this was not fake. It was like, whoa. He was really gripped by this. And I thought, oh, it was so convicting. He imparted something to me because I thought, I used to feel like that, Lord. I remember the first time I went to Africa, I came home and I was just a mess emotionally, like, these kids, when I saw them dig through the trash, these two little girls, I'm thinking, I got two little girls. I only had two at that time. And I'm like, ah, oh, like what if that was them? Was do for them what? And I'm watching this young leader and he's feeling that. I'm like, God, what happened to me? I remember the first time I heard of human trafficking, I literally just cried in my pillow. I cried myself to sleep. I'm just sobbing in my pillow. God, we gotta get him out. We gotta, you know, just weeping. I remember when I was waiting tables and so loving the my fellow waiters and waitresses coming home and just sobbing. Going, God, they're going to hell. They don't know you. What do I need to do? What do I need to do? You can't let this happen to Ron. You can't have this happen to Lord. You can't let this happen to Don. Like, just, what do, what do you want me to do? I'm going to try to live as holy as I can, but you got to save You got to just bawling like a baby. Oh, God. That's a grace that you put on me on those times, and there's a grace on this young man. God, I want to feel all this again. Something in me got hardened. Something in me got distracted and realized I'm not as sober-minded as I was back then. Because all of the, I was like, what was it? And, and this is the passage that came to mind. It was Psalm 115, verse four. It says, their idols are silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths, but do not speak. Eyes, but do not see. They have ears, they don't hear. Noses, they don't smell. They have hands, they don't feel. Feet, they don't walk. They don't know how to, to, to make a sound in their throat. Those who make them become like them. So do all who trust in them. And it was that phrase that you become what you worship. And so if I am just constantly like, I am just attached to this. I can't get enough of this. 
God was saying you're becoming like it. No feelings, no like you're just a bunch of information passing versus if I was really in the presence of Jesus, I start feeling what he feels when he walks into Jerusalem and just starts bursting into tears. That's Jesus. You become like God who's grieved over the sins of the world and grieved as he looks at humanity walking into, oh God. And so again, I'm just like, God, is, as little as I look at that, I'm going even further because I'm becoming like these idols and I'm losing the emotion and I'm not as sober-minded as I once was or self-controlled. And he's saying in the end, this is what you need. The end of all things is at hand, so you better be able to pray. And this gener I don't think it's coincidence that I believe the Lord is coming soon and we're in a generation that can't pray anymore because we're so distracted. I don't think it's coincidental, but I'm praying that there'd be a generation, a group of people that says, you are worthy for me to live differently, to change my life, because I want to be so close to you, I'm going to show self-control. I'm not going to become like these screens I'm addicted to and not feel no longer human anymore. Some of you, the most beautiful act of worship is not singing. It's turning off your electronics and just honoring God through that self-control. It's a weird addiction. Ever since Christianity was birthed, our faith has been one with a monastic side to it where people just long to be alone in the presence of God and just go, oh, this is so good. Until your generation came along. But I believe something could be imparted today something where God opens our eyes to his love and we go look your love is better than wine your love is better than life your love is better than those movies at your right hand are pleasures forevermore I want that pleasure I want to pray right now that the Holy Spirit would impart something to you Because if the Lord tarries, I want you to be able to say 40 years from now, whoa, I want him more. I love him more. I want to serve him. It hasn't died. I'm more sober-minded than ever. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord, God, Almighty, who was 
and is and is to come. We pray to you, eternal God, who is returning. We want your kingdom to come. We want your will to be done on earth like it is in heaven. God, we come before your throne of grace right now. And I ask for you to pour your grace out on this room. God, however you do it, God, just too many people are walking away from you and they're compromising in so many ways. Would you just put a spirit of holiness upon us in our hearts to where we just don't want any dirt, anything, anything evil, God, expose the lies the compromises that have been made in this room where we think a hint of sexual immorality isn't that bad. You said it shouldn't even be named among us. It, it just, it just, we just have nothing, God. We just put that holiness, that desire for holiness in our hearts right now. God, may we receive your love help people in this room to receive your love who have maybe never just received. Make them like John who just know they're loved and that is not arrogant. It's faith because you say you're abounding in steadfast love. There's, don't let the enemy tell you you're being arrogant by saying God so loves me. Here's believing the scripture. God adores Francis Chan. It feels so good to say that. <laughs> he loved me as a kid when no one else did. He loved me as a teenager put his spirit in me when I didn't even understand his spirit. Because he loves me. Receive his love. You don't have to do anything. Just sit there and be loved. Picture him in his holiness on that throne. And know that he looks at you with love. Just receive it. Receive it right now. Be loved. Be loved. Beloved. Thank you, Father. 
Thank you, Jesus. We love that you are the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. We love that you don't leave the guilty unpunished. We love everything about you. Please, Lord. According to the riches of your glory, grant to them strength so that Christ may dwell in them, not for a day, a week, a few years, or through a mission trip, but that Christ would dwell in their hearts. They'd be rooted and grounded. So 40 years later, they're not going anywhere because they're rooted and grounded, Lord. Impart that right now, please, Lord. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Crazy Love Podcast. Join us next time for a new episode, but until then, for more resources from Crazy Love Ministries or to support the work of Crazy Love, please visit our website at crazylove.org. Thank you.